0: Music Worship the Lord. Worship the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, lift your hands and worship. Exalt Exalt him, exalt him, exalt him, exalt him, exalt him. Exalt Him, exalt Him, exalt Him, exalt Him. Oh, You're worthy, You're worthy, You're worthy, You're worthy, You're worthy, You're worthy. You're worthy, You're worthy, You're worthy, You're worthy. You're worthy, you're worthy. Oh, Hallelujah, Hallelujah. hallelujah hallelujah we worship, we worship you we worship you we worship you we honor reverence you your presence, your presence your goodness your glory your healing your deliverance when you're here it's all here when you're here it's all here your goodness your glory We honor you. We glorify you. We glorify you. We glorify you. Come on, somebody needs to just press through. Just press through. Just press through. We glorify you. We honor you. We glorify. We honor. We glorify and we honor. We glorify you. We honor. Sorrando la vasco che, scende la borrota la vasco che te la Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We magnify you, Master. We magnify you, Master. We magnify you, Master. We magnify you, we magnify you, we magnify you. We magnify, we glorify. Oh, Ramandela de la borobasike, celeburambam, celebrande. Glory, glory, glory. 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 Sheila Frande Oh, hallelujah. 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 About this time right here is where people start dividing. They start settling in and begin to think that, well, it's time to move on All right, we've done it. This is not about moving on. This isn't about done it. It's about reverencing the presence of Almighty God. It's about reverencing the presence of Almighty God. A lot of people will never receive a supernatural breakthrough or deliverance because they fall short of the manifestation, they fall short of the goodness of God. No, it's not God. God's not the problem. It's the people needing to push aside flesh and the world and the things that you come up with in your own mind and lay them aside and allow the presence of God to come and fix and renew and refresh and restore things in our life. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Rambando se le frebo son de le lebran le vosso celebrando reba si frande le Lende le brando reba si que le celebrando rabando si que le frende. ramanande de le brande. Si le frebo so le franda Thank you Jesus, thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. Glory, 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 glory 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 glory. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you Jesus. hallelujah 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 hear the word of the lord this meeting has been on your calendar says the lord but it's always been prepared in heaven i have brought you together so I can minister and love and fix when my people come together and they open their self up and they judge their self I'm able to come in and fix that what needs to be fixed rearrange what needs to be rearranged heal what needs to be healed When you come together, you come together with an open heart. You open your heart to what I have prepared. For I've already prepared it. I've already designed it. Now you need to open and welcome it. For this is the day. This is the time. Don't wait for another. You open your heart. And you let me. Bring life. Hallelujah. You've had it on your calendar. You've had it already designed in heaven. You've had it 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 designed in heaven. heaven you've had it designed in heaven. Oh, my my God, my God. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Your kingdom will will be done. Your kingdom purpose will be done. Your kingdom purpose will be done. Your kingdom purpose will be done. I decree in the name of Jesus, your kingdom purpose will be done. In the name of Jesus, I decree your kingdom purpose will be done. I command every heart to be open, every eye to see. In the name of Jesus, I command these pesty things that distract and pull you out. I command these things to come into alignment. In the name of Jesus. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that your people will walk with a discipline and a purpose. Not yielding herself to the world. Not becoming intoxicated with the world. But allowing you to have full reign. Reign. Full reign. You take the reins of our heart. We hand you, we hand you the reins of our heart. For you to guide us, lead us, show us in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you a believer? Are you a believer? Amen. Well, praise God. Why don't somebody clap for victory because it's available. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. Thank you, worship team. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Glory to God. You know, those things that people ride, hold on to when they're riding a horse, what are they called? Reins. Rain. Uh-huh. You got to give God the reins. You, you can't just hold on to them and try to guide it your own way. You got to give God the reins and everything that goes with it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, you know, that song is very popular right now. And uh, to go along with I exalted, which has been around for a long time. A, a, a form of that's been around for years. And uh, it's not just a good song. The reason why people's hearts are touched for this song is because it doesn't sing about God. You're worshiping God. It's to God. There's a lot of good music, but it's just good music. It's good Christian music. But a lot of music doesn't worship God. It talks about God. There's a lot of good songs that talk about God. But there's not a lot of good songs that are towards God. When you find music that is towards God, the Holy Ghost likes that. The Holy Ghost likes that. There's, there's a few songs that I've, I've said to our team. I don't want that anymore. It's good music. A lot of songs energize the flesh. But there's a few songs that energize heaven. And I believe we have to understand that we can walk away feeling good But that doesn't mean that we have brought pleasure to heaven. And so uh, that's what makes that song so rich, so powerful. Because you're not singing about God. Most songs have God in third person at the best. At the best, third person. But the ones that have him forefront is pretty awesome it's pretty awesome and that's what it's about you know it's not about how how it sounds you know the thing that concerns me about Christians is uh, what we do here we don't know how to do at home it doesn't translate always the mood is set here you got somebody leading you into it you have everyone here. They can dim the lights. They can do whatever it's going to take because this is the atmosphere you get used to worshiping in. Except when you need it, most likely it's not in here. It is in here. But tomorrow morning, you're not in here. Tuesday morning, you're not in here. Wednesday morning, you're not in here. If you have a Wednesday night midweek service in the evening, you're here. So how do we translate what happens in the sanctuary in our everyday life? That's the biggest issue in these last days of walking with God. How do we, what we learn here and and become prepared in here, how do we do that at home? You can't call the worship team together. If most people didn't have iTunes or didn't have different things, they wouldn't know how to worship God. I don't need somebody to put on some love song for for me to tell Angel I love her. I want to tell you I love you. I really honor you. Hang on. Let me find our song. I don't need my song. I just need my opportunity. And a lot of people can't love God and worship God because they don't know how to do it in a different atmosphere than church. Once you learn to be able to do what you did in here this morning, once you learn to be able to do that at home, or in your car, I'd advise you not get too lost in the car. <laughs> but once you learn how to do that, it changes things. It changes things. And uh, uh, because it's, it, it's God, Amen. Matter of fact, when I talk to Angel, we're really serious about talking and getting things fixed. I, I, I don't want the radio on. I don't want the television on. I don't want anything on. I just want her and I, we got to get this thing. we got to talk. Come on. And there's times some people can't talk with God without a lot of stuff. You have to have something. You have to have something to assist in talking to God. And the challenges that we have in life, you better develop such a relationship with God. If you can't get to your phone, you can't get to your device, you can't get to your radio, you can't get to that, you better know how to get the same result. Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. So now you say this up here, the Spirit of God. How many sense the Spirit of God in the house? But this is not where God dwells. God dwells in you. God's just not going to say, you go to lunch, I'm going to hang out in here when you get back. I'll meet you back here. No. Matter of fact, there's certain prayers I don't pray. When, when, when we depart, I never pray prayers like, and I pray, God, that you go with us all. It's impossible for him not to go with us. If you're born again, he dwells in you. I'll pray protection. I'll command angels take charge. But I, I don't pray God go, God go with you. God's going to go with you, and he's going to lead you and guide you and do everything he can to get you out of every trouble you get into. That's how God operates. That's how God works. Amen? Amen. And so the key is churches become separated from home for so long. Let me say it again. Churches become separated from home for so long. That means we know how to do church. We just don't know how to do God at home. But once we learn to do God at home, church is going to become more powerful. Because now we're translating here what already happens six days a week there. Come on, that's what makes it so great. But you cannot just enjoy this. F.F. Bosworth, the great man of God, said the reason why most people don't get healed and blessed, you can translate it on down the line is because they feed their bodies three hot meals a day and their spirit one cold snack a week. And you've got to know how to get into the presence of God on a daily basis and get that together. So where the Spirit of the Lord is, we'd always preached it, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Like if we don't have some service where we can actually sense emotionally the presence of God, then there's no freedom. But in the midst of trial, in the midst of of trouble, facing a fiery furnace, whatever it is, where the Spirit of the Lord is, where the Spirit of the Lord is, where the Spirit of the Lord is, in here. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. There's liberty. That's where he's at. So I'd admonish you. Don't let this just be this. You learn to do this every day. Yeah, there are certain songs, there are certain things that move you, moves, that motivates people but what if you can't get to it you've got to know how to get it out of here see when people get stressed they they don't want to pray they don't want to do anything and when they do pray in the spirit they pray because they feel good about it but the bible says it's for it's for a purpose to build yourself up well what why do you need to build yourself up because you're not And when you're not, you don't feel like doing anything. So you have to override how you feel to do what you have to do to build yourself up. Amen? You got to know how to hear God. I came here yesterday so we could go Friday. I, uh, I took the airplane to a shop. I needed some things done on it, so. I flew it. It wasn't very far to the guy that does my mechanic work on the airplane. But something happened to my radios. The radios you communicate with other aircraft. The radios you communicate with aircraft control. Something wasn't right. It was so much static. And I didn't realize it until I was already airborne. And I switched from one frequency to the next, and I called in where I was going and told them that this is a 79 mic inbound landing for runway 26. There was so much noise on it that I wasn't confident that anybody was really hearing what was going on. And I don't know what happened. I know there's someone in there that did some work on it, and I don't know what knobs. So the first thing I did was, when I got out, I went to Mechanic. I said, uh, before we fix this, I want this radio thing to look at. Let's sort this out. So we both put on headsets until it got sorted out. Why? Because the most important thing to me wasn't where a screw went. It was, can I hear? And walking with God, it's not about what I got. It's, can I hear right now? If I can't hear what's going on right now, I'm vulnerable. If I can't hear what's going on right now, I'm in a place to where I'm not safe. The first thing I've got to do is fix my hearing. I've got to get the communication right. And once we got that adjusted, I took off from that airport and I flew back. It was amazing, the confidence I had, because I could actually hear the transmission. And there was no doubt in me that what I was doing, it was right. And there's some of you got so much static in your life you got so much static going on you're not even confident in your hearing and what's happening you got to get that at peace in your life you got to get it at peace in your life and get it fixed is this alright so whatever you do get that out I uh was talking to a guy that deals with radios and he says well the first thing i would do i would upgrade your headsets to a better quality because that would take out more outside noise and so my whole thing was i want to eliminate all outside noise and i was thinking about that even my walk with god i want to eliminate all outside noise i just want to be able to hear what i need to hear i want to hear god And so, if you feel like everything else is talking over or taking priority or drowning out, I would admonish you in the name of Jesus to get that corrected right away. Whatever adjustments you have to make, you get that adjusted right away so that you don't have a place where you're vulnerable but you have confidence knowing not only am I transmitting, but it's been received. And not only is God transmitting back, it's being received. I couldn't hear anybody. You're saying all these airplanes in the sky flying around, I couldn't hear anybody? Something was a problem. Come on, something is a problem. The reason why we have them is I was flying into it the other day when I said the other day it's been about a month ago. I was coming into the to uh, a uh, airport and i was telling my position i said i'm three miles to the north another guy said uh, to the same airport He, he called his call letters he said i'm five miles to the west well i'm three miles he's five miles well i'm closer well that depends he may be faster come on so you can't guess at this it's all about communicating And so, when I'm still not in p- position, and he says, uh, "You know, Phillipsburg traffic," I'm 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 crossing midfield for a downwind, and I'm not there. I was closer, but he was faster. So now I know which position I have to go. See, it's all about how we hear, and I'm getting concerned about the body of Christ in our hearing. There's so much going on. There's so much chatter in the world. Social media has dominated. And most of it is unproven. We got all this static on our spiritual radio. And we're trying to find our position where we're at. And people are Crashing. And they won't reach their destination if you don't know how to get out the noise and get out the clutter if you don't remove that if you don't make a decision this is not working for me ever it was just a short flight And i had a i had the guy that was with me here before uh, ricky ward he was with me in the airplane i said i, I can't hear a thing going on i don't like this it was already hazy, I couldn't see right because we're still dealing with the smoke that's coming out of Canada and uh, you could look up at the sky and it looks clear but when you're in the sky going straight you don't have the visibility, I didn't care for that now I can't see you know, six or eight miles out and I can't hear properly, it put me in a state of being uncomfortable and I don't want to be in a state of walking with God uncomfortable because I can't see and because I can't hear We got to be able to see and hear. That's what it's all about. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Is this preaching yet? What is it doing? So <laughs> it's definitely coming from the Spirit. So uh, that's where it's at. So we have to understand kind of where we're at in this and uh, and and to know what's going on. So so there is a lot of noise. There's a lot of noise going on is that that we have to uh that we got to deal with we got to settle i told pastor david yesterday that uh i'm really going to press in on some things about spirituality and prayer i'm not talking about spirituality because we attend church i'm talking about knowing how to walk with god knowing it's more than a goose bump but how to be spiritual and I think one of the biggest deceptions in the body of Christ is people thinking they are when they're really not. We said it again today, and he, he finished the phrase, and because I've mentioned it for years, the greatest, the greatest problem with deception is deception. You can't see it. You're deceived by it. But if it's not working, it's not working. If it's not working, if things in your life is not working, it's not working. I used, we were sitting talking early this morning, and I said, you take the verse that says, says, if you abide in me, in the book of John, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you can ask what you will, and it shall be done. It didn't say, ask what you will, and it might, if I want to, if I'm in the right mood, it said, it shall be done. And if we're never seeing the manifestation, then we're going to have to figure out where the kink in the hose is. Where is the kink in the hose? If we don't have things flowing right, you can't blame the water. Come on. You got to find what's hindering the flow of it. Instead of blaming everything and blaming other people, you're going to have to look inside and see where is the kink in my spiritual hose? Because what God wants to do is flow. He wants to flow to you and He wants to flow from you and through you. He doesn't want you to living tormented and sick and distressed and all these other things. He wants you to live free and He wants you to live in victory. But He doesn't want you to live deceived, thinking you are when you're not. And there's nothing more dangerous than thinking you know something when you really don't. There's nothing more dangerous. Now it's been 17, 18 years ago when I started flight training. And, um, you know, everybody solo flights at a different time. You're not guaranteed. And um, I... uh, some people started at the same time I did. They soloed already and I was not soloed yet. You start thinking, What's wrong with me, you know? And so I remember the day I showed up at the airport and my flight instructor said, uh, he said, uh, well, uh, I want you to let's take off here and I want you to give me three good landings to start the day. So I took off. I don't know if I gave three good landings. But they said time you can taxi it back to the hangar, it's a good landing. So I gave three landings. He said, now I'm getting ready to get out. I'm going to get out. Today you're going to solo. And it hit me. I'm going to get out, and today you're, you're, you're going to solo. And then you're going to go up. You're going to land. Then you're going to tax up here. If I give you a thumbs up, then you're going to take off three more times. You're going to solo. And, um, and he said, I'm going to watch you from the ground. And I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. I'm sitting in a... L- Here, and he's over there. I grabbed him by the arm. I said, "Uh, you know, I'm a preacher. (laughs) I did. I'm not going to exaggerate, so I'm going to tell you exactly what I told him. It's fun now, but it wasn't then. I said, you know, I talk about deception. And the worst deception is self-deception. If I've said something to make you think that I'm ready, and you don't really believe I am, don't get out of this airplane. Because once it leaves the ground, you've got to get it back on the ground and crash it in an option. Come on. It was the most nervous, nerve-wracking time of my training. You know, somewhere down the line, there was a cherry, big cherry tree to the left side of the runway. Somewhere down the line, I've, I missed it in flight school about weather vane in that airplane he was always in there to help me when it started happening it's good for a flight instructor when he's in there if the airplane starts to go to the left without you realizing that he can put that he can start putting his foot on that ru- that opposite r- rudder to keep that airplane straight but now he wasn't in there to assist me and you gotta have a certain airspeed to get off the ground and i'll never forget i was going to the left and the runway, this is a small airport, Runway is only 40 feet wide. You don't have much time, to, you don't have much air, moon to air. And I'm here pulling that up, and I'm thinking, I barely made it over that tree. I wasn't I down the middle, I was off of it. And I'm thinking, oh my god. And uh, and I took off. I forgot my radio work. I, 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 uh, I put flaps in, then I didn't put the rest of the flaps in. But I landed the airplane. I don't know what he was looking at. But if I was him, I would have been calling me this way and say, let me get back in here. But he didn't. So he said three more times. And I went off the side of the runway all three times. Didn't go off, but I mean, if the runway, if it had been further down the runway, uh, it, or if the tree would have been closer up on it, I don't know. I did, it didn't translate to my mind. And so the last time I came in, the wind switched. Well. I've always had him. And I came on final. I didn't like it. I powered up, went around again. I came on final. I didn't like it. I powered up, went around again. I said, if I get down, I'm not get back up. <laughs> and when I got done that last time, I got out of the airplane. I almost fell. My knees were so, I, I was so tense on that. But you know what I found out it was? I had to be honest with him you're my instructor the Holy Ghost is my instructor I had to be honest I said uh, I'm having trouble keeping the runway on the airplane on the the runway it's wanting to go off apparently I'm not doing something right doing the pattern work wasn't a problem other than I forgot a few things on the first one but I can't do it right now before we do anything let's get an airplane together and show me what I'm doing wrong you know I never had that problem again? Because I allowed the instructor to instruct me again. Amen. See, it, the Holy Ghost is who's in you. But if you quit allowing this instructor to keep instructing you, you're flying dangerous and you don't even know it. I was smart enough to say, get back, let's go. Show me how this works. And he said, stay on there with me. And I felt what he did. And i felt the airplane doing what it was doing i felt what he did and i countered it but if i didn't have an instructor i wouldn't have got it done if you start looking at your man of god just as the pastor and the teacher and not as the instructor how i'm going to keep my plane going down the center of that runway so i can do this right you are in danger I have the Holy Ghost. I don't need no man. No, you are deceived. So we have to have that. This is nowhere where I was planning on going today. But you have to have the right instructor. And you got to trust your instructor. Not just the Holy Ghost, but you got to trust those who god put in your life come on that's what you have to do so don't allow deception to get on you amen don't allow deception to get on you uh go with me to the book of first corinthians chapter three thank you first corinthians chapter three i'm going to get into this It's going to be an introduction. Uh, While you're turning, I want to thank everyone for those who sent cards and gifts for my 40th year in ministry. Now, I mailed out thank you cards several days ago. They should arrive before I arrived. I put them in one packet, just like you guys put them all in one envelope, and Pastor David brought them to me. I sent them all in one packet, and they have not arrived. Thank God for the federal government and United Postal Service. But I want to thank you. You will get them. They should arrive before I get here, and I can hand them to you. But they have it on there. I want to thank you for that. It was such an honor to have Pastor David and Miss Tammy there uh, for this 40 years. 40 years of preaching. That's 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 no joke uh you know pastor david uh you know we're talking about we was here last year was it last year we did 25 years 25 years and uh i've been with him 23 and a half almost of of the whole journey uh with this family and so i i just want to thank you for for that and uh we were blessed god it was just a wonderful time our church did it right they had it decorated right. The banquet was right. We had government officials uh, that were there to honor it or we've been active in the community. So, uh, so since you don't have a card that shows appreciation, let me give it to you from my heart, and then you'll get that. But thank you. Thank you for that opportunity. And we'll give you a chance in 10 more years to... Uh, uh, We'll, we'll celebrate again in 10 years when it makes it 50. Amen. And it will be 50. I decree it. Lest the Lord sends a shout from heaven. Was the voice of the archangel. The trump of God. Unless we all lose gravity. We'll do 50. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Now. I said the other day, I'm going to read this. I read this last Wednesday to our church, which is all a part of us. I thank God I didn't have to pastor the church of Corinth. This was a messed up church. It was a messed up church. You know, this church here, uh, they even tried to deny their man of God called the Apostle Paul. Paul had to tell them that I may not be an apostle to everybody else, but I am to you. You're the very proof of my apostleship. I mean, you know, how many heard about Paul being a tent maker? The reason why was a tent maker, because he didn't want to put a demand on these people. He didn't tent make everywhere he went. He said one place, he said, you know, I believe it was Onesimus, I believe, he said he worked himself near to death by supplying for your lack. This church... Had the gifts of the spirit, tongues, interpretation, tongues, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, prophecy, gifts of healings, the working of miracles, the gift of faith, the discerning of spirits. They had all the gifts, but they were messed up. Paul had to correct them how to do all of it. This is a church that a man was taking his father's wife. Committing adultery. His father's wife. Chapter 5. I'm talking early in the book. After he deals with chapter 3, chapter 5. And you know what he says? He says, uh, it's not that it's just a disgrace that it's happening. I'm even more troubled that the church is not sorry about it. He says I've already judged it. When you come together, you're going to turn this boy over to Satan for destruction of the flesh. That his soul will be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. Then he uses terms like, cast out the old leaven, the sin. Why? Because little leaven leavens the whole lump. And become a new lump. See Paul was very sincere about this. But this church had gifts of the spirit. Tells a story of communion. It talks about so many things. But yet they had a problem. That stayed consistent. And that's why Paul had to deal with so much. And I see this problem really starting in chapter 3, because chapter 2, if you look at Corinthians, you know, Paul talks about, I I didn't come to you with the words of man, but by by the Spirit of God, and by the power of God, and and he talks about all of that stuff. But then chapter 3, verse 1, are you there? It says, And I, Paul, brethren and sisters, could not speak to you as as to spiritual people. Uh-oh. Can you imagine? Your pastor gets up and says, um, Today, God has showed me so much stuff. But the problem is I can't share it with you. Because you're not spiritual. You're carnal. I haven't had to do that for at least a month. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> if you're streaming, I'm just kidding. Uh, but can you imagine the pastor getting up and saying, um, God has showed me by revelation so many things in the spirit, but I can't share them with you. These are church folks because you're still carnal. So I'm thinking when Paul got done rebuking him in chapter 3 I didn't see a whole lot of change in some of the other chapters and once he dealt with it was it over or do we still have the same problem in churches today that God speaks to the man of God or the woman of God but he can't really share the depth of it because people are still carnal They're still controlled by their flesh, their emotions. They're still controlled by their feelings. You hurt my feelings. You know, I said a long time ago, somebody says, you know, it's not good to rub the the hair of a cat backwards. You know? So you you stroke, you stroke, you stroke. But every now and again, you'll come the opposite way. And you'll get a. (laughs) So what people expect us to do. Is to change how we. On how we do it. Instead of them turning around. And fixing what they're doing. It's too easy. To get upset at. The messenger. Instead of fixing. Your mess. So what if if God's, if the lord jesus christ is returning for a holy spiritual church then i think we better start doing something about looking into a mirror and seeing where we're at now, i'm not here to i'm not here today calling you all carnal i don't live in your home i don't know what's going on i'm just saying this is what's in my heart i told pastor david yesterday is dealing with spirituality so you have to you got to find out what's going on first so we can get in there how many people truly want to be spiritual people holy people righteous people that you can properly discern the leading of God properly discern the voice of God come on and where you can not only discern the voice of God you don't misplace his voice I think I've said this here before. If haven't, I'll say it again. You know, Samuel was a prophet of God. God called him young. And Samuel lived with his pastor, Eli. Eli was the high priest. He wasn't just a priest. He was the high priest. He got old and he let things slip. And uh, that book at Kenny Gatlin just wrote, uh, The Sins of Eli. I would probably, uh, probably get that if I were you. It's a very good book. I, I not only have the book, I heard him preach it, and uh, parts of it. But Eli was already backslid. He was he was already sliding away from his role with God. The Bible said his eyes were dim; he couldn't see. That was not just natural, but spiritual as well. He let his sons run rampant, and it cost him. But the point is, Samuel honored his man of God. He was his father. And when God himself spoke to Eli, spoke to Samuel, Samuel didn't say, hey, God, is that you? Speak to me. You know the first thing he did? He ran to Eli. He says, "Uh, yes, Father, uh, what is it? You called for me. He said, I didn't call for you. Go, go, go lay back down. God spoke to him again. He jumps out of bed and runs to Eli and says, you've called for me. The third time he realized, God must speak to him. Just lay down, son, and just say, here I am, your servant, listen, us speak. But isn't it amazing on how God spoke? It sounded just like Eli's voice.
1: It
0: sounded just like Eli. And I got to, I got, I, I got to thinking, people still need to hear God through our voice. People still need to hear God through our voice. And when Pastor Ken or Pastor David, when we just sound like us, I've said this to our church many times, some of you can't hear God because it sounds too much like me. And sometimes you can't hear God because it sounds too much like Pastor David. And what God wants is us to fix, get all the static out so that we can hear God, not only in our prayer time, but hear God through our man of God. I'm not here to fix things because Pastor David's got a problem. He's well capable of fixing things himself. He's not backward. But the truth is, we have to be able to hear God. See, God's speaking right now. Sounds just like me, don't it? But it's God speaking. So here, Paul's dealing with this church. And Paul says, I could not. He didn't say I would not. He said, I could not speak to you, spiritual people, or speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. Babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food or not with meat. For until now you were not able to receive it. And even now you are still not able. In essence, I mean, that is a hard preaching. Up to this point, you've not been able to do it. And the truth is, today you still can't do it. That's some hard preaching, isn't it? This is to a church that was supposedly spiritual. The nine gifts of the Spirit was demonstrated in the church of Corinth. The nine gifts. I've had people say, now that brother's really spiritual. That sister's really spiritual. Uh, She she prophesied. So did Balaam's donkey. Come on. I've seen people prophesy. I was telling a story the other day. This pastor, this lady pastor I preached for, she started off in the spirit, but she sure ended up in the flesh. I did a revival for her Sunday through a Thursday, and Angel and I were there, and uh, the spirit of God was moving. And she stood up. She loved to get the spirit, and she started prophesying. And it was right on. And all of a sudden, she says, "And I'm sick and tired." Thus saith the Lord. Well, God's neither sick nor tired i over toward angel said she just stepped over to the flesh and for the rest of her her prophecy was just in the flesh she had something to get out of her that she wanted to say to her people all under thus saith the lord may we never abuse the gifts of the spirit and may they always be there so here's what they were carnal about for you are still carnal now, I wonder how many people got offended that day when they got this letter read to them. For whereas there are envy and strife and division. Say envy, envy. strife, strife. 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 And, division. and division. Have you ever been envious? If you have strife in your life, are you are you operating in division? If you are, it's called carnality. That's what Paul called it. See the if if it's not if it's not about the vision it's called division. So we have to be able to get we have to be able to stick to the vision, the purpose, so that we stay out of division. Because the enemy, for him to for him to kill, he has to separate and divide. And Paul was watching the church being separated and divided because of envy, strife, division, and it all come out of carnal living. That means it's about my flesh. It's about my emotions. It's not about my shout. It's about my everyday life. And if we're going to see revival, and we're going to see God working supernaturally in our homes, our businesses, and on down the line, we're going to have to open ourselves up and say, I'm ridding myself of all of that. And I'm not just going to be born again, but I'm going to walk a spiritual walk with my God. That's going to affect me and the house that I serve in. Come on. We all can get the slack jerked out of us. We all need it. but I believe we're on the, I've been saying this for a long time. We're on the precipice. We're, we're on the cup of something supernatural happening. And if God's people realize that God is setting us up for something great, that it, it ought to bring us to the place is, I don't want to miss this. The truth is, if you knew what was on the other side of the mountain, you'd be determined, I'm going to move it. Whoever shall say to this mountain, be removed. If you could see what was on the other side, you'd do everything you could to move that mountain. Do everything you could to move it. Because I don't want to be left out of anything with God. I don't want people to have to run out of our church to go find the next new thing. I want God to show up. I want people to come and see what God's doing. Come on. There's churches. Have some of the hottest worship you can get. But once the worship's over, it's over. It's over. It takes more than that to make it happen. It takes people walking with God, being spiritual in all of this. So I wouldn't preach something here that I wouldn't preach at home I wouldn't preach something here that I don't I don't measure my own self by for you are still carnal for whereas there are envy strife and divisions among you are you not carnal and behave like mere men For one says I'm of Paul another, and another I'm of Apollos are you not carnal? Are you not carnal? It's it's sad when when you got people in in the same house and you let one preach. I don't like this one. I I I like the other one. You know I I really won't. I don't know if I'll come or not because I don't like how they do it. I like how they do it. That should never be said in the house of God. We should all be able to draw from the gift of one another. He said, "Who then is Paul and who is Apollos? But ministers through whom you believe, as the Lord gave." to each one i plant apollos watered but god gave the increase it's god that makes this thing grow so then neither he who plants is anything nor he who waters but god who gives the increase now he who plants and he who waters are one and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor well it's not of works you know, it's, it's a faith. It's of grace. Well, I'm going to tell you what. There's too much this talks about that you will receive according to your own labor. Jesus said to all seven churches, I know your works. We're not talking about works of the flesh. But the truth is, faith has a corresponding action to it. Faith without works or a corresponding action is dead in itself so we're faith people so there needs to be a corresponding action as being faith people so that means that I'm not just going to talk saved I'm not just gonna act saved I'm gonna live the just shall live by faith, the word of God, I, this is how we live. We're not going to deviate from it. Uh, you know, uh, I can't be everybody's uh, fixer. I can't correct everything. You have to know how to live. It's still amazing after all these years you hear people say, well, I'm just not getting fed. You know, I haven't, I haven't fed Joshua since he was old enough to start holding a fork and a spoon. He may have made a mess for a while but now he really knows how to feed himself you know it's amazing you prepare the food people's got to learn to eat it's amazing how the preachers got the blame for years because they're not being fed when sometimes the people can't discern what's prepared before them. come on so god prepares a table right in the midst of your enemies, but if all, all you can see is the enemy and not the provision, you still lose. You still lose. So you have to know how to understand the table that's prepared before you. I love this church. I've been uh, July of 1999. it started when? What, what, what year did you start the church? 97. Well you, what month? August of 97. So I came here July of 99. Less than two years old. And I've been connected ever since. I love this church. We all have the same name. It's not Shipman or Harbom. It's Kopi. We all have the same name. Come on. We sat in the office talking about what we were doing in Zambia. I said, this is us. This year, we have purchased and secured so much land in Zambia. We built, added onto the school that we already built. Things are going on. That's not just headquarter work. That's us. I told Pastor David, the people that believe and have sent tithe in uh, for other pastors, that I look, they look to me as their leader. I didn't even know the money was. I just said, just put it in one account. Uh, we end up spending over $30,000 to, uh, to establish something. And I was able to take every bit of it out of money, because I never took it for myself. I believe in what this church is and what we do Amen. together. Amen. This is not a four-day, you know, come in and correct something. This is about us getting to the place where we can approach the throne of grace without any kind of guilt, shame, or inferiority complexes and let God pour down upon us and get us healed and get us restored and get us strengthened so that we can continue to do what He has called us to do as a body of believers. That's what it's about. Everything. Everything you do right now. The NFL is in spring training. Or they're in their preseason. Professionals. You know what they're doing? They're coming together. Practicing. They're going over the basics. You know what makes a professional? A professional over over an amateur? A professional does all of the basics better they do all of the basics they do all the fundamentals better than everybody else that's why they start as a professional everybody has the same fundamentals they, they, they don't get rid of the fundamentals it's the same fundamentals they just do them better because they constantly put themselves in a place to do it and there's things that we're going to do better we're going to continue to do better We don't have to change. Well, Sometimes we have to change if it's not doing it right. But it's not so much changing walking in faith. It's learning to do it better. It's learning to do it more accurate. It's learning to do it more precision. It's like if I'm not getting it, I'm going to find the kink in the hose. I'm going to fix it because I'm going to become better at it. I promise you, when we all do this together, we're going to be better together. And you bring that corporate anointing into one place it's going to create a supernatural atmosphere for God to work and touch people. Come on. So, I can't examine you. But you can examine yourself. I know how Pastor David preaches. I know what he does. And the truth is, we're going to have to, our lives ought to reflect the words that we've been taught that's what it's about our lives ought to reflect God and I believe this is what God wants for us every single day so I'm going to ask you to really open your heart and say this meeting is just not going to be good preaching it's not going to be just the gifts of the spirit and somebody healed or whatever when this meeting is over I'm going to be so changed and transformed That it's not going to be just a talk. It's going to be something that's going to radiate from me. And I am going to walk with my God. And I'm just going to live and move and have my being. And I'm not just going to stay here. But I'm going to become a spiritual giant. Walking alongside. That's what God wants for us. Amen. He wants spiritual stature jesus grew in the stature of god stature it wasn't just his physical stature we need a spiritual stature inside of us and i believe god wants to do some great breakthroughs there'll be healing there'll be deliverance people will get free of things but we're going to come into the the most perfect alignment we've ever been into that's my heart that's where i got my faith for this week and we're going to pray when i get into this prayer thing we're going to pray it's not going to be now lay me down to sleep I pray the Lord my soul to keep we going to pray we're going to learn how to how to flow with God in that place called the spirit amen amen, amen. come on stand with me did I torment you enough hallelujah thank you Jesus come on Let's close our eyes and bow our hearts before God. I'm asking you to close your eyes because of distractions. People move, people look. Just close your eyes and get out of these distractions. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to ask you to pray. I'm not going to lead you into a prayer. I don't want it to be my prayer. I want it to be your prayer. We all have things that we deal with that we don't want nobody to know we deal with. But I want you to get honest with God this morning. And you don't have to say, God, I know that you know this. No, you tell him, Father, you and I both know that I have this problem. Don't just say, well, you know what it is, Lord. No. You be honest up front. This is what it is. And you you make a commitment on your end. I'm going to be in these meetings. I'm going to submit myself to the word of God. I'm going to submit myself to your anointing. And I'm going to allow your spirit to change and fix and realign these areas that I've struggled with. God has set this up for us. He has set it up, and we're going to walk in it. We're going to walk in it, so you go ahead. You go ahead. I'm not even going to put words in your mouth. I'll tell you what how not to do it, but you go ahead. You know what it is. You know what the struggle is. You know what the challenge is. You know what trips you up. You know what frustrates you. You know what causes strife and animosity to come up. You know what it is. You know what it is as husbands and wife, what you can't get along with and what you can't agree on. You've got to decide that God's not going to be the God of Kopi Church. God's going to be the God of us in our home. God's going to be the God of our children, our grandchildren. God's going to be our God, and we are not going to allow anyone else To interfere with this. So Father I pray right now. As your people are praying. I thank you. That your will. Is being done in their life. I decree in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. you open our heart. That there will be spiritual heart surgery. In people's lives. I thank you God. That we will all be able to approach you with a confidence like we've never had knowing that you can't fail and your word is alive. Father, I thank you. I decree blessing upon them. I decree blessing upon this 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 family of believers. I decree blessing upon Kobe West Coast and everything that they have uh, they have given herself to and partnered with. I pray over them now in Jesus name. I decree no sickness, no plague. No disaster, no destruction, no disease. I thank you, Father. As Pastor David prayed over the children, I pray over these people. I thank you for Psalms 91. The angels of God who are sent for the heirs of salvation. That's us. They pull us and deliver us from danger. And therefore, by faith and by revelation of the word of God, we say together, angels, take charge. Father, we love you and we honor you in your name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah.
1: Amen. Well, um, I want to say something here regarding it because I, I know one, because we've talked about this as a church family, on putting a demand on um, this gift. I've not, I, I didn't tell him what we are doing on our side. In fact, in the the way back to Visalia, and the, on the the drive back from Fresno Airport to Visalia, yes, well no, actually, he called me the day before on Friday. What what direction do you want me to go? What do you want me to deal with? And I said, uh, I know I have con- enough confidence in you that you can hear from God. I just want you to flow in whatever you want, because I knew what we were doing on this side. And I didn't want to I didn't want to gear his thought in any way to try to do something that I was, you know, wanting. And not that that's wrong. When Dr. Myers came, I said, I want you to preach on on spiritual authority. He Told everybody, you know, he was going to go a different direction, but that's since that's what I, I asked him, that's what he was going to do. I think it's interesting though, because you've heard me say it many times about being able to hear and how people have struggled hearing what's being said. But this has been set up this as the prophetic word came out in Tug's interpretation that this this meeting has already been outlined in heaven. But today's message was, are you going to be able to hear? but it's getting ready to come out. And I, I tell you what, I'd get my heart ready. Uh, I was thinking about it, you know, what I said earlier is if you came to a juncture in your life where change was going to happen, what would you do in order to get it? You know, people make a decision, even adults, oh, I'm going to go back to college, commit themselves to four years to make a change in their life, but they, but they won't sit at, at Jesus' feet for four days. At the Pool of Shalom, where, where the water would stir periodically, they gave up everything else to lay in its presence on the hopes of being the first one to get in. Where do you and I, in, in American ideology, this doesn't work. If it's not comfortable for me, I don't do it. But I really believe, uh, not only from what I said where my faith was before, but that uh, through the the interpretation, through the message, we're, we're at a precipice. Get your heart ready. Get your... Get some Q-tips today. Get your ears clean. Absolutely. Turn him back on.
0: I know uh, I've said this enough if you stream, and, and we've talked about it enough. I went to, uh, uh, it was back in May, May the, uh, uh, May the 8th, actually, because Kenny Gatlin was with me May 7th. May 8th, Kenny Gatlin wanted to go to the ARC experience. In Northern Kentucky, South Cincinnati, so that's all Cincinnati Covington area. And uh, Ken Ham was actually speaking in that massive auditorium because it was a homeschool week, and he was given about the first 11 chapter of Genesis. That's his thing. Everything will come from the first 11 chapters. But he showed a Barna statistic, and I pulled it up on my phone, and I almost began to cry. And I talked about it. And on Father's Day, I built my whole message on Father's Day around this. Generation Z, he said born from 1999 to 2015. From 2016 to current is Generation Alpha that we're in right now. Generation Z, according to Barna Research, which is probably the best out there, Barna the Pew Research, said that Generation Z is the first true it has a the first true post-christian generation in america it just did something to me that means that my kids madison was on the beginning of that josh is in 2004 from 1999 to 2015 the first true post-christian generation so that means my grandchildren right now if things don't change in the body of Christ, we're going to be looking at a second generation of post-Christian families, and it's not because it happened in Generation Z. It started declining out of the baby the baby boomers. It started declining out into my generation. We lost track of God. We not, we didn't find the altars important anymore, and then our kids begin to have kids. And now we're in this mess. Why am I so moved by this? It's because I've studied missiology for years about post-Christian Europe. And I see the results of it. And I will not stand back as a man of God, as a minister of the gospel, and let a generation die in deception and go to hell. Because all we know how to do is have church.